and after we've we've done this inventory and and we've shared this inventory with someone else, we've gotten right with God. We're working on getting right with ourselves right now. We've gotten all the junk of the past out. We've we've shared that with someone. Hopefully we're finding some closure there. And now we're working with getting ourselves right. And this is really important at this point because what we're getting ready to do in steps eight and nine is to go out and make amends with other people. to redefine recovery we are the christ-centered recovery podcast where we talk about all things recovery all things christ-centered nothing political because as of today we have a president that has been elected duly by the people maybe hopefully hopefully (laughs) just for context this is halloween the election hasn't happened yet i'm projecting into the future when this airs it is after the election I don't know what the world looks like. I don't, I don't know, know if the Supreme Court's deciding who the president is. I don't know if they're still counting ballots. As as we've said before, this podcast might be airing for our new alien overlords, who I'm sure will be just and fair. Yeah, at their administration. Totally, so. Kanye, we love you. Did you call Give me Kanye a pardon, alien? <laughs> right. so. Kanye said himself, "I am a robot." <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw that quote. I didn't see that. Oh, one. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, you can. I'm Brandon. I'm Keith. Uh, D, uh, uh, producer John is here. You almost called him Hello. DJ John. DJ John. He DJ could, John Lewis. I mean, we don't know what's going on in his ears. He could be spinning music this whole time. That's true. I am. Yeah, I got a house and techno playing in the background. That's true. Yeah. Kendra is with us again. Thank you for coming back for another week. Thank yeah. you. It's been a whole week since we saw you. Yeah. yeah. A brave, <laughs> brave human to stick around for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with what goes on uh, in between the recording. I think, I think Brandon took her keys. I think uh, that's that makes sense. Yeah. It would not be the first time. Anyways. <laughs> War stories. That's for a different podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a podcast called Central Valley Man, kind of riffing off a of Florida man. Oh, nice! <laughs> They're all gonna be stories that all of stories, your life, right? Yeah, all stories of my life. <laughs> like, and this other guy did this other crazy thing, yeah. and then this guy did this crazy thing. I actually NPR was having a contest, and they were like having people submit podcast ideas, and I was like, I want to do a true crime podcast, but where criminals that I know tell the crimes that they've committed in first person. I would listen to that. No real names. Just you come in, tell, tell me your, your hustle stories, your war stories, all that stuff. You know, we'll, we'll change names. We'll change all that stuff to protect the, the legal ramifications of that. But I was like, dude, that would be fantastic. I'd listen. Yeah. I think it's illegal though. Why? Because you'd be making money off of it. I don't want to make money off of it. It's illegal to make money as a, Profit of telling a story of your crime, dude. But Vice does it all the time. They go, they went and interviewed. Yeah, but that person isn't making the money off of it. Vice yeah, is making Vice the money. Well, I'm not making money. I'm not. Yeah, Brandon would have to make money. Yeah, right. Well, that's that's why. Can I, I make money? Podcast. Could I get it? John's like, Sweet, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. No, I'll do it. Done. We're yeah. good. If you can figure out how to get paid to do a podcast like that, I will facilitate all the if guests. Yeah. You can figure yeah. out how to get paid to do a podcast. I don't understand why you're here. <laughs> yeah, for real. They give you nothing. To they give me twenty bucks for gas money. So. <laughs> Occasionally, <laughs> they haven't today. <laughs> oh, speaking of burning people, yeah, you can you can reach us at redefine recovery at clovisills dot com yeah. or on Facebook, or you're not so likely to get burned because no. I actually check that regularly. Yeah, if you emailed us in the last three months, we might get back to you soon. Yeah. I used to say when the Dodgers win a World Series, but that wow. happened. So wow. we're still doing this. We're still doing this every year now. Every year now. Let's go. Hey, so um, I have an interesting story. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you guys ready for this? I'm ready for it. So this week, wow, I guess this would be two weeks ago in podcast time. 
Maybe three weeks ago. Actually, this week, the week before Halloween. It's like the closet in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe where Narnia, time doesn't matter, it's different. You just totally went off on a tangent there. Is that true? I don't. I read that when I was a kid, I don't remember it. So time passes... It's like COVID when you're in the the cabinet because it's like feels like a really long time, but it wasn't a really long time. Oh, cool. Or Inception. Yeah. COVID's oh. this weird thing, though, right? COVID years, because I know we talked about this before, about how it feels like everything's taking forever, but then there's a part of me that's like, oh, crap, it's November tomorrow. Like, For real. what happened? Like, yep. it's been the longest year ever, but I also feel like nothing's gotten done. It's been super short, but please tell your story. Yeah, it has been a long five years. So. <laughs> Uh, so I have a thing that I like to do where I screw with telemarketers. Like if you're a telemarketer and you call me, we're going for an adventure. <laughs> like uh, I do all that. I mess with email scammers, like all email and back and forth. So I got an email this week from Dr. Pastor Sean oh, yeah. Beatty. Uh, we get these too. I love it. Yeah. Dr. Pastor Sean Beatty. And it said, Hey, I'm in a prayer session. Are you busy? Yes. Are you busy right now? I have, um, I have, uh, an important task I need you to take care of for me. I'm on my way to a meeting. Don't call me. Let's just email back and forth. It's a very important prayer session. Wow. Please don't call. Listen, so here's the thing. It said sent from Siri. If you know anything about Sean Beatty, his favorite joke is uh, Samsung is iPhones for men. Sean Beatty is an iPhone hater. So immediately I'm like, huh, okay. And so I email back and I'm just messing with him, right? I go, oh yeah, uh, Pastor Dr. Sean Beatty, I would do anything for you. I said, but first, did you get the CD that I left on your desk? I said, I made, uh, I, I downloaded Bob Saget singing country music <laughs> because Sean hates country music and Bob Saget. And I said, I got that Bob Saget singing country music. Did you get the CD that I left on your desk? And he said, oh yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much. And so then we're just off and going, I'm screwing with this dude. And he's like, I need you to get $500 Amazon cards and scratch the back and send me pictures of them because I'm going to give them to our most loyal staffs. Yeah. <laughs> our most loyal staffs. And I go, oh, we should do 10. Like, I think you should just give one to everybody. And he goes, oh, yeah. No, cool. Do you have the cash on you? And I go, oh, no, I can I can withdraw it from my, my kid's college fund. That's fine. You'll pay me back tomorrow, right? <laughs> or, dude, literally, it's like 40 emails back and forth. And I go, here, I'll just walk down to your office and we can tell no, 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 I'm in a meeting. And and it just it, it goes back and forth. And I go, okay, well, when can you pay me back? And he goes, I'll pay you back tomorrow. And I go, I thought you were flying out of town tomorrow. Oh, I am. I am but I'll make sure you get paid first. And so then I email him. I go, okay, listen, dude. I go, first of all, as a former criminal and drug addict, I give you a B plus for your hustle. <laughs> B plus. That's, B plus. That's generous. It's the Amazon cards. It's, it's unique. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I go B plus on your hustle F for research because Sean Beatty would never touch an iPhone. And then I just went on this whole long thing. Like, okay, so for them how to scan yeah. other scan for our next email to the yeah. uh, right. other person in the staff, no iPhone. Got no, it. Okay, so what I else? call this dude out on email. I go, listen, man, I used to do the same stuff. I was I would rob people, do internet scams, identity theft. I go, all of that stuff led me to a suicide attempt. I go, what you need is Jesus in your life. Oh, Brian's mm. preaching to the guy. No, listen, I've never taken no, no, it to here's, that level. Here's the punchline of the story. This dude accepts Jesus. Stop. Shut I up. promise you, I have the emails right here. We go back and forth and and like i wrote in this long email gift cards did he need to <laughs> no not. no no so check it out so he goes if you really want to help you'll send me the cards and i go no that's that's bs dude like how long's the money gonna last a day or two i'm just going back and forth with him i go dude, what? he's in india it's gonna last a long no, time. no no he's in nigeria uh, okay 
And I go, what you need is Jesus because you have an emptiness in your heart that you're trying to fill with other stuff. And he goes, you don't understand my situation. You just know about you. He says, I live in Nigeria and our government steals the food that other countries send to us. They don't care about us. He goes, I could go pro playing football, which is soccer for us, but there's no opportunity here. I can't even afford to eat. So I have to work for these guys doing these scams just so I can make money to eat. And I was like, dang, dude. That sucks, man. Where are you at? Like, I'm so sorry that that's your situation. And he goes, I'm in Nigeria. I'm not supposed to tell you that. I have to delete these emails now. But um, how how can a guy that is stealing to survive come to Jesus? And I just hit him with it. And I was like, look, dude, Jesus said that we're going to have trouble in this world, but he will walk through us through it with us. And like, I gave him the gospel, bro. And I go, what you need to do is you need to pray to God to come into your heart and forgive your sins and to show you what you need to do. And he goes, dude, I want that. I want that. And I go, man, go and email me from a real email address. And like, I'll, I'll walk through this with you. And he goes, no, I have to delete all this. I can't talk to you anymore. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray what you said. And he said, God bless you. You're a good man. And that was it. And I was like, I can't believe that I just responded to an email scammer. And this dude told me his whole life story. Like, it was great, dude. It was so, fantastic. Just to be clear, Brandon's spiritual gift is trolling because he's used. <laughs> yeah, it. no, that's I'm telling you. Now, so. I'm telling you, dude. I could not believe it. I've never gotten him to respond to me because we get the same thing, right? Where, I, know, I'm like, assuming he's a kid, like he's young. Yeah. Because it, there's no way that a seasoned dude would have been like he just would have deleted it. Like, oh, this this yeah. is a bust. Because yeah. I'll try to like throw back to, to play games, and I don't know for some reason they always just read through that I'm you know trying yeah. to. I've, I've had a little success messing with him before on yeah. emails and a couple calls, but um, I've never taken it to where I was preaching to him so now I feel I don't know I was just messing with him for hours and then I was like you know what dude I'm gonna hit this guy with the gospel and I was even doing stupid stuff that I thought he'd see through because I was like oh yes your highness pastor Sean like (laughs) yes majesty Sean like what can I you know and he just never saw through it so I'm sure he was a kid or new at it or whatever but (laughs) so like I almost bit on that the first time it happened in our church we had uh, oh really well we were going through some staff dynamics at the time that were a little bit interesting and uh, so I get an email that's like hey I need to talk to you about something private you know discretion's important, whatever, you know, and I immediately am like, oh gosh, he's asking the recovery guy to kind of mediate between these staff members that are mm-hmm. having an issue. And I was like, what are you doing? What do, what do you need? And then when he said, oh, I need these gift cards, I was like, oh no, he has an admin that yeah. like Charlotte would have gotten those for him in a minute. But it was like, in that moment, just in the current dynamics of the church we were having at the time, it was like, whatever you need, I'll be, I'll be willing to you know, yeah. help out. And then yeah. someone called my, uh, my grandma not too long ago, pretending to be me. They said, Hey, this is your grandson. I got into a car, car crash, an accident. I need, uh, need a thousand dollars. I think it was like, uh, they were, Western they got a DUI and they, yeah, they needed a Western union for a thousand bucks or something. And did she and, do it? Uh, no, she asked, she, oh, she's, cool. she asked what, what my name was and they hung up. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even have that to so talk about like not doing your research. They didn't yeah. find that is like just dumb luck you be uh john oh right, you know, the most common yeah. name ever <laughs> yeah. dang because i've heard of people falling for that sure well that i mean there's a reason man. why they go for the elderly specific yeah. and you know but yeah. um i've got yeah, a few facebook of like oh i'm traveling and i you know whatever and it's like mm-hmm. no, yeah not, you know but good times Good what are we talking about? So I think our plan was uh, eventually when we got around to content, which is like 20 minutes in now, I think. Uh, are we at 20? I don't know. Sorry, that was a long story. It was a long story. It was just a guy it in just, Nigeria that came to Jesus. No big deal. It just felt like 20 <laughs> minutes to Brandon telling it. So. Wow, I love you too. <laughs> so we're talking about step seven today, right? Yeah. 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 So was that a question? Seven, yeah. I just oh. thought, you know. Uh, make it interactive like there were two of us on the podcast. Uh, well, there's four of us here, so... Step seven in Celebrate Recovery at CelebrateRecovery.com says, we humbly asked him to remove all of our shortcomings, which 
what shortcomings you ask well go back and listen to the last six podcasts that we've <laughs> talked about in the last six steps uh so we're, we're building off of we talked about one two three that you know we're powerless we need god we can't change these things we decide to give our our will over to god and then after we've we've done this inventory and and we've shared this inventory with someone else we've gotten right with god we're working on getting right with ourselves right now we've gotten all the junk of the past out We've, we've shared that with someone. Hopefully we're finding some closure there and now we're working with getting ourselves right. And this is really important at this point because what we're getting ready to do in steps eight and nine is to go out and make amends with other people. Right. And here's the thing is you can't go out with all of your character defects and all of the things still active inside you that cause those problems and go out and try and fix those problems. Yeah, this is huge. And I will say this is probably the most common step that I see skipped is people jump right from that's a cold jab. What's up? That was a cold no, no, jab. No, I don't mean seven. I mean, I mean getting stuff right in their hearts in general. Not gotcha. That step. Oh. People will jump right from I did my inventory right. to now I'm now, ready to go make amends. Now I'm going to go ask my wife for forgiveness because I cheated on her when she's never heard about it. Right. And like, and then you know, and and I, I think every step study that I've been in, there's one person who blows up a relationship and comes back. Even yeah. though every time we say, look, I know some of you are going to want to do this. Don't, don't do, do it. it. It's yes. a bad call. And then somebody will be like, my mom and I got in a big fight when I told her that I forgive her for. Yeah. My dad abused me. And you're well, like, and I what? think I think the thing is, is because you get on a spiritual high when you do your fifth step, because right. you're so dreading during your inventory sharing this with someone else, and then you finally like get humble enough to go and share this, and you have this great experience with it. Because I've only ever heard of one time somebody doing a fifth step and having a terrible experience. They found out. Well, I'm not gonna get this. I should get into the specifics. <laughs> the dude shared his inventory with his sponsor. The sponsor found out that the guy's wife has cheated on him before. He took some of the stuff that the dude told him, told his wife, and ended up sleeping with his wife. Wow. I don't recommend that if you're a sponsor. Yeah. yeah. We <laughs> don't teach that in the class. We don't do that. So anyway, that, but that's of hundreds of people, that's <laughs> one bad experience. So I was just thinking if you needed any more reason to not do your you're fist step, yeah. Now you've there you go. My sponsor might be my wife. <laughs> I'll have you know that that guy beat a sponsor up. So (laughs) if you're thinking about it, justified, justified, because then I sponsored him. And one of his things on his inventory is I beat up my last sponsor. And I was like, (laughs) that's fantastic. The first time you meet the guy's wife, you're like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, uh, yeah. Anyways, so, so yeah, so you have this great experience with your fist step and you get on this spiritual high and you're like, oh, dude, like things are going to be okay. Like, you know what? I actually feel like things are going to be so okay that I can go and start fixing some of these relationships. Right. Don't do that. Right. Because here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing what we think. So people who you still had contact with when you were doing recovery, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about people you didn't have contact with were probably, I would say on both your forgiveness and your amends list. Right? Correct. Like, so you're like, man, I'd messed stuff up with them and they've messed stuff up with me. So what happens is we do this inventory and if we haven't done the forgiveness step and we just jump in there or whatever and we're like, Hey, you know, Hey Brandon, I'm, I'm sorry. I was a jerk that one time. Like there's this subtext. that's like, Brandon's going to say that, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's going to forgive me and okay. But like, you have to get to a point where you're okay, where you've accepted what's going on in Christ's fulfillment of your life. That yeah. like, if Brandon goes, well, I don't forgive you. You're kind of a jerk. Yes. That like, 
that doesn't train wreck you. Right. Yeah. Or, or that, you know, when I say, hey, Brandon, I forgive you for this, that Brandon, you know, goes, oh, I don't need forgiveness for that. I did that because you did this. And if right. you haven't worked through all that stuff already, um, it just blows up the relationship. Right. Well, because I'll say, like, what we're talking about here in step seven, um, say pride is one of the shortcomings right. that you need to ask God to remove from your life. You go to this person, you go, hey, like, I forgive you for this, or I ask your forgiveness for this, exactly what you're saying. Well, no, I did this because you did that. Well, you're acting in your pride still. So now that pride's still going to wreck you. Once you get rid of that pride, you can say, hey, you know what? This situation happened. This is where I was wrong. I need to ask your forgiveness for that. And then the other part of that, which we'll get to when we talk to amends, is something that was really humbling in my life is when you're asking the amends is saying, hey, this is how I feel like I've hurt you, but... I may not have a complete picture of this. Can you explain to me how I've damaged you? And nine times out of 10, the person's going to go, yeah, that's true what you said, but there's also this, this, and this that you didn't understand. And it's like, dang, I didn't realize how fully I hurt you. But if my pride is still active in my life, if I haven't asked God to remove that, I'm not going to be able to be open to the other things they need to tell me. And so then the amend is pointless because I've apologized for what I think I've done, but I haven't given them any healing or closure because they're still hurt by A, B, and C. Right. Yeah. And I like it. So like step seven in, in regen is we humbly ask God's spirit to change our hearts and minds in order to follow Christ fully. So not really significantly different uh, uh, than what it is there. But I think that that, you know, being prepared to follow him fully is a huge thing uh, because sometimes like amends can be more than words. Um, you know, John, John Elmore, who's one of the regen kind of founders, he's their, their the guy that runs their watermark uh, campus in Dallas. He uh, he talks about like. He, he'd gotten evicted from this house and he would break back in and throw parties and everything there. And like when he found Christ, he had to like go back to that lady who had rented to him and say like, hey, uh, I don't know if you know what happened, but this is, you know, here here's all this stuff that went on. And in my head, I figured that the cost for that, for, you know, breaking these windows for all this stuff is probably about a thousand dollars. And like, here's what I have right now. Do you agree with that? Is that whatever? So like, it's not just about, hey, saying I'm sorry. It's yeah. about going, hey, I have materially damaged something here and mm-hmm. so there has to be some sort of, of balancing well and then it and, and it takes it even farther and and i recognize right now that we're kind of blending into step eight right i mean step seven is between six and eight so we're gonna talk some six we're gonna talk right. some eight like it's leading into it but i completely agree with what you're saying because sometimes it's not even it's not even just financially like hey right. i broke the window here's the hundred bucks it's hey i caused you emotional distress how can i make that right Right. How can I make that right? Like, it's not just I'm sorry. It's like, no, I've robbed you of something. Right. Not just finance financially. It could be emotionally. It could be whatever. Right. How, how can I repay you that? Right. There's a debt that exists between us because right. of the sin that's occurred between us. Yep. Like, because all sin incurs a debt. I mm-hmm. mean, that's, that's the well, that's nature of sin. The basis you know? of the gospel that right. Jesus paid that debt for us between us and God. Right. So if I've sinned against you, yeah. then I have caused a debt in that relationship. And it's how we're going to make that debt right. Now, yep. ideally, as Christians, the thing that we learn about forgiveness is we turn that debt over to Christ. Right. And we go, you know what? Yeah, Brandon, you stole my car or whatever. But like, we're good. God, God and I have yeah, I'm given that to God now. That's yeah. between you and God. And, you know, hopefully we're at a point where we're mature believers. Believers, where when we get to the forgiveness that we're like, hey, I'm going to, you know, that's between you and God. And I really do hope that you ask God for forgiveness and are forgiven. Right. Because I think a lot of times we say like, hey, I'm going to turn that over to God is like, God, please hit Brandon with a lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get upset when that doesn't happen. Right. But yeah, it's it's I think it's important that at this point we are willing to just fully follow to go like, hey, God, like, I don't know what this is going to look like. And you know what? Like some of you might have some some things in your in your inventory where following through and making amends for this is going to involve possibly criminal charges. Yeah. You know, and uh, and it has to be that you're going to trust God, that you're going to 
follow him fully and say, you know what, like I, it is time for me to make amends for this, even if there's a great cost that's that's going to be paid from that. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. And then the, like people that push back on that, well, yeah, but that's going to hurt my family. Well, I say, well, how free do you want to be? Because you're going to live with this thing forever. Like you need to work that out between you and your family and figure out how you're going to approach the situation because this is an open thing in your life that you need right. to take care of. Well, and that thing's like a cancer. Mm-hmm. Like just, like if, if you had cancer, it wouldn't stop your family from the hurt to just not tell them that you had cancer because eventually it's going to come up. Eventually it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, correct. And like I, I'm, I mean, I'll, part, of, part of my story was that my wife and I were friends for a long time, and uh, and while we were friends, there was a girl I was dating, and some things had happened, and uh, and we had been intimate, and at some point, my wife had asked about it when we were friends, and I was drinking at the time, and I was like, oh, no, 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 nothing happened, because I was kind of interested in my wife, right? And then... That became the lie that I told when I was drunk, but I didn't want to admit that it was a lie, so it was just like, no, I'm just sticking to it, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, fast forward seven years, and meanwhile, I've met Jesus, I've been doing recovery, and it's like I'm doing an inventory, and it's like, oh, gosh, I have to go back to this, right? And and there were people who even said, well, if she doesn't know, why would you tell her? That's just going to hurt her. And it's like, well, no, like, what I did hurt her, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's not fair to, to deny her that hurt that I caused because, yeah. you know, just I don't want to Just because she'll never figure out about it, so. yeah. And so, yeah, so we had a talk and it was like, and it was really weird because I think what, what was frustrating for her, and I think she understands now, was she was like, well, is there anything else that, you know, I'm going to find out later? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. You know? Yeah, like, I real. can't think of anything right now, but like, I was a scumbag for a long time. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't have all the, you know, and, and I think she appreciated that pretty shortly afterwards. I mean, in the moment, that wasn't the answer she wanted to hear. Yeah. But, um, Did you have to say that to her because it was something that you had lied to to her about already? So yes. you had to come clean for the lie. It wasn't necessarily that you were with somebody before you guys were in a relationship, right? It's that you... So the being with somebody before the relationship isn't something that I would... And this is, I mean, theologically, yes, that causes harm to the intimacy of my relationship, but that didn't directly hurt my wife. So the fact that I lied to her about it is what caused (coughs) it. So if I had been intimate with somebody while we were dating, then I would have to tell her that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like I'll put it this way. So we've all said right. I haven't. I didn't. I didn't have to do my inventory and go tell my wife. Hey, when I was seven, I stole a, I stole a Snickers bar from a from a Seven Eleven. You know, uh, because it wasn't something that you know right. Im- impacted her. But because the the dishonesty and the lie, and I also like didn't want to get to a point where she you know she'd say something because occasionally it would just come up of like oh because I dated this girl for a while of like oh this and I oh gosh I gotta. And I didn't yeah, you got to keep lying to cover the lie. Right, and I didn't want to just come up one time when she mentioned it and be like, oh, hey, by the way. And it was tough because, like, this was also at a stage where my wife and I were, re- re- were rebuilding our marriage, mm-hmm. where I just stopped drinking, and it was like things were getting good, and there's a part of you that wants to go, well, it's getting good right now. Yeah, don't I, mess it up. Why would I blow mm-hmm. this up? Um, but it, it would have continued to build on a lie. Right. And it really does to tie it back to that seventh step to get back to like, are you really willing to follow God and, mm-hmm. and trust God with this? Because I think that, you know, it's, it's super easy to trust God when we don't have an option, you know, uh, but it's super hard to trust God when it seems like everything is going fine. And what God is asking us to do is going to blow things up. Yeah. You know, like, 
Like, it's easy when we're at our rock bottom to go, I don't have anywhere else to go, so I'm going to trust Jesus. But it's hard when you're a pastor and you're struggling with pornography to go to your lead pastor and say, hey, this is something that I have an issue with right now. And I don't know if that's going to cost me my job. I don't know if that's going to cost me my marriage. And, you know, and and that's a story that's been shared on this podcast. Yeah. So I got a good example, uh, not from my own life, but John Ortberg, uh, preached through the 12 steps at his church and it's a fantastic series to listen to it's called unstuck and he gives an example where he said that his wife there was some trash that needed to be thrown out and she had been asking him for days and he had just been putting it off and one morning he comes out to his car and the trash is leaning up against his car and so he takes the trash and leans it up against the wall, right? And so he leaves. And when he comes home, she says, hey, why didn't you throw that trash away? And what he says is, oh, is that why it was there? Now, he says in this moment, what he's got, he's got three options. One, he can play dumb, which is what he did. <clears throat> oh, is that why that trash was there? And what he has done is now she either believes him, <clears throat> right, and becomes more gullible, and that takes her farther away from who God intended her to be or she doesn't believe him now she trusts him less she's a little more cynical which takes her farther away from who God intended her to be or he tells the truth and he admits he was wrong and they clear up the relationship he chose a bad part and he says so my damage to my wife is that she is not who God has she is not fully and I mean it's a small example but she is more cynical now because I lied to her about it and she saw through it and so she is not fully who God intended her to be. And I did that to her. Does that make sense? Like yeah, you don't like in, in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's just a little white lie. What does it matter? It's like, well, no, if she believes it, she's either more gullible or she doesn't believe it. She calls me a liar. Now she's more cynical. Either one of those things damages who she is as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and from the selfish side of it, you know, my wife and I are supposed to be one flesh. And when you look at intimacy, there's there's layers of intimacy beyond physical. There's the spiritual and emotional intimacy as well. And so like having this lie that I know exists is, is a cancer to that emotional intimacy of like and and here's the thing I'm like I was a professional liar for a very long time right and so I know what it's like to have all those plates spinning up there and be worried about which one's going to fall and how mm-hmm. I'm going to deal with this um, one of my one of my biggest fears that I talk about is when I was um, uh, like I, I said I had different masks that I wore there was like my work mask there was my church mask and there was my home mask don't forget the clown mask. mask right right yeah and I was terrified like I'd, I'd have this fear that I'd be like at the grocery store and in front of me would be my boss behind me would be my pastor and then behind him would be one of my friends and I'd be like I don't know who to be right now you know and and I also like when I first started in recovery especially when I started like teaching I'd have a fear that somebody that I used to know would walk up and be like hey let me tell you something about that guy why are you listening to him right and and I've just gotten to the point where like in just living in the transparency where I'm like tell it man might be a good one you know like they've probably heard it already but you know and and people say stuff and I'm like yeah I was a terrible dude like yeah that's a dead but that's a dead man and that's not who I am today and it's not because of anything that I did it's because of what Jesus did and so um so I think it's important to have that kind of transparency I don't I didn't like the pressure I'm an anxiety guy to begin with and having the added anxiety of there's this lie in my relationship that every time it comes up I have to Try yeah, to maneuver around it. Yeah. Around it. It's, it's so just, much work, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's not like a constant uh, Rubik's cube. You can never yeah. solve right. stuff. Which, and then moving. back to Keith's example of telling his wife that in the rebuilding phase, that's exactly the right thing to do because it causes a little explosion at the moment. But had that gone on down the road, and then it comes up, and you.
you come to that wall, that's a much bigger fallout. It's a road because, all that work you've done. Because now the entire marriage is built on this lie. And when it comes out, it takes down everything. Because yeah. like you said, what else did you lie to me about? Yeah. It's like if you're rebuilding a building and you found a giant crack in the foundation and you just like put flooring over it and then kept going, like you're going to have to come back to that. And it's going to cost you a lot more because now you're going to have to rip up that flooring you put down and everything else. Like if you're rebuilding a relationship, things like this, if you just cover over it, it's going to break work that you've done. But like if you're rebuilding, you haven't, you're not that far down that work done phase yet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's better than two or three years later when it's like, wow, I thought things were different, but here we are back in that. Yeah. It's best to to get it all out now because you're in the rebuilding phase anyways. Like let's just rip the bandaid off, go through it now let it heal rather than tear the whole house down and have to redo it all later anyways. Right. And that's why I think it's so important in like step seven that we're following, that we're just saying, God, everything that yes. Jesus wants us to do, we are going to do that, that yeah. we're going to submit to that, that we're going to follow it because, um, and, and this is a common phrase that I say, but I think so often in recovery, we want to get rid of the hangover, but we don't want to get rid of the party. And, mm-hmm. uh, and this step is really about like the, Hey, you know, some of the stuff. And we, we joked about it in the last episode with, you know, Jesus asked me to change a bunch of stuff about myself. Um, that there is, there's a, there's stuff. And I know this is Brandon's story too. A lot of stuff we stopped. We didn't want to stop. Oh, like heck it no. was fun. We liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it really was like, uh, there's so many, so many parts in Brandon's story and my story. And I think in both of your stories too, where, where God is like, Hey, are you going to trust me on this? Are you going to, are you going to stop and see what happens? You know, yeah. when you submit here. So yeah, that's good. You yeah. got anything to add Kendra? Um, no, I think it's just, it's a, it's a lifetime commitment I feel there's always more to learn about yourself and how you can you know be more Christ-like yeah yeah I feel like it's the book so there's a, a book that we talk about in E212 it's a little like pamphlet that we hand out and it's called my heart Christ home I thought you were gonna say the watchtower no uh, that'd be great my heart Christ home uh, dude I should slip that in just to see if anybody notices <laughs> like here's all your theology stuff <laughs> the Jehovah's Witness handout oh. <laughs> why do I know that title yeah. <laughs> um, um, but no it's my heart Christ home and it's a sermon that somebody preached in the 1800s and this dude is talking about he's just telling the story how you know I invited Jesus to come live with me and, and he comes into my house and I say okay well like here's the living room and and here's the kitchen here's where I do this and like Jesus is looking around and it's like oh there's some inappropriate pictures on the wall and there's some trash in the kitchen that needs to go out and like as we're going upstairs Jesus is like what's that smell and you're like oh that's just the closet like don't worry about that and Jesus is like no you need to clean that out yeah oh no I'll take care of it and Jesus is like no give me the keys like I'm cleaning that out or I'm not staying up here well yeah Yeah. I like the way that Kendra talked about like it's it's an ongoing thing because it really is like a friendship right if you think about like when you first meet somebody and the first time they come over to your house, you're like, here's my living room. Right. Yeah. And like, maybe I'll let you in the kitchen if I knew you were going to be here and the kitchen is clean. Right. Yeah. But then you also have those friends that are going to walk in and they're going to sit on your bed because you've been friends so long that you're yeah. like, yeah, whatever. This is my bedroom. This is a bed, whatever. Yeah. Like, there's laundry on the floor and that's just, that's how it is. We're not cleaning like crazy before they come over. Yeah. Right. No, you don't yeah. care. Right. But that happens through the time in the relationship. Right. It's not like yeah. the first time somebody comes over that you're like, Hey, come Hey, here's the bottom drawer of my nightstand. Right. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I'm never opening that for them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, but 
but that's how our relationship with Christ yeah. works is we start out and it's just like, hey, God, there's, and, and we start with the easy stuff, right? Like, God, there's stuff that's icky that hurts and I want to give that to you, right? That's the easy stuff to get yeah. out. And then I think as that relationship builds, we start going, okay, but like, okay, I've learned that I can trust you with that. I've learned that I can trust you with this. And so I feel like I can allow you into that. I mean, that's why one of the sayings that we always see in church is, um, you know, that, that Christ wins, uh, the, the order of winning things, is he wins your heart, he wins your mind, and then he wins your wallet. Mm. Right? That we see a lot of people that like... Of course they, you guys say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in my walk, it took me a significant amount of time. Yeah, yeah, totally. I thought, like, I used to think that... I used to think that I was giving a tithe so that, you know, the pastor could have a great salary. Then I became a pastor and found out that's not true. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. And, and I thought like, Oh, why does you just need my, I went through all these yeah. different reasons. Well, no. And then I do the same thing. Like, well, I'm here all the time. Like I'm giving right. him my time. He doesn't right. need my money. He gets my time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think that we all have these, these areas where, where Christ is calling us to trust yeah. him more. And so this step isn't just about like, I think why seven's important. It's not just about like, are you going to trust God with this crappy phase in your life that you're going through right now that you're trying to get out of, but are you going to follow him fully yeah because like he's gonna ask you to do stuff so i keep revealing things to you as you grow right things you didn't even realize at first so you have to be right that yeah no totally like i don't think you're you're working on your relationship with christ if you don't occasionally have revelations that hurt Mm -hmm. oh yeah like there should occasionally be things that feel like you just got kicked in your gut and you go like oh you know yeah definitely Definitely. That's that wounds from a friend thing. Like yeah. it's, it's, you should, I posted the other day, I forget how it goes. It's something on a Proverbs where wounds from, you should be trusted, mm. but yeah, but kisses from enemies should be whatever. So, um, what I was going to say is, so you listen to that podcast, the distinct podcast with uh, Dave Obwald. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned it before, but I think what we're talking about here is Dave put it perfectly is he had to come to a point where he was inviting Jesus into, he's like, I'm looking at porn. I'm full of lust, like, and stopping and saying, Jesus, can you love me with oh, my yeah. heart full of lust? Yeah. You're talking about his, when you talked about taking walks, yeah, he would take walks, taking walks and telling God, like, look, but, I trust pornography more than I trust. Yeah. You. And being completely you know? honest, like he would see a girl jog by and he would look and he's like, God, like my heart is full of lust. Jesus, can you love me? with my heart full of lust, like this ugliness, like I don't want to be like this, but this is realistically who I am. And it's getting real with God because I feel like so much, this is something that Dave said too, like our prayers are like, dear God, bless the kids in Africa, like grow the church, let us, you know, let the fires go out. And it's like, no, like, and this is something since I listened to that podcast that I've been doing, like, no, God, like, can you come into a heart full of lust? Yeah, I want God to be more than a Facebook friend, right? Yes. Not this two percent of like, God, yeah. I'm hey, your dinner was good. God, I'm at church. You know, isn't this yeah. a good time to pray? But like, God, everything's broken right now. I'm a piece of trash. Yeah. I don't trust you, and sometimes I don't know if you're real. Yeah. And like, that's the kind of relationship that I want to have with God, and I think that's the kind of relationship He wants to have with us. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with that. And like, I've had moments because this is something that I've been working on for the last month of exactly what Dave explained, like inviting God into those ugly spaces where like my wife pisses me off and you're just like you know what like I wish I wasn't even with this person and just stopping when you have that thought and like man God can you love me when I hate my wife Yeah, and it's like and it's so like refreshing because it's like no it reinforces that I am fully known and fully loved God knows in that moment that I hate my wife he knows the lust in my heart he knows the 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 deceit and the impression management lying to people about who I am so they'll like me he knows all of that and he still fully loves me and that helps me to be more 
transparent and real with with my wife even learning to have that conversation with God translates into having a real and honest conversation with my wife which in turn grows that relationship yeah and I've noticed that if I can be honest with my wife and that relationship grows better how much more is my relationship with God growing when I'm honest with him yeah and you gotta think how intimately God knows you and he designed you I mean I think of like I, I always joke about the first time that I figured out I had an issue with codependency and I went to people in my life and I was like hey guys I had a major breakthrough I think I have an issue with codependency and they were like yeah yeah <laughs> and I was like no this is new right this is news and I feel like God's the same way when we're like God like I'm I'm a bad husband right now yeah. and God's like yeah yeah, yeah. you are <laughs> you know like, like yeah we all saw it you yeah know? and uh, and yeah and that's it and I think that 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 the following is is about this step is about like where is that going to take you, you know, and are you going to tap out because it gets hard? You know, yeah. like if, if you're going to sit there and say, Hey, you know what? God, money rules my life. That may mean that you go through a season where you don't have money. That yeah. may be where you go through a season of tremendous hardship because God's purifying you of that yeah. and, uh, and teaching you that that's not the source of provision that he is. Um, doesn't always work that way. Right. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not a believer of the don't pray for uh, patience because everything in your life will get more difficult kind of thing. Right. Cause I don't think that's, that's what God does. I do think he gives us opportunities opportunities to be challenged, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's his, his go-to for everything is like, well, Brandon said he wants, uh, to work on lust. So I'm going to put a bunch of naked ladies in front of him. I don't think that's necessarily how that works. Wait, would that work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you say, to be fair, I don't pray for patience yeah. anymore. I mean, yeah. you might yeah. be right, Keith, but yeah. I'm, I just don't do it don't anymore. It. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's, that's the thing is like, are you like, if, if following him is going to cost you, I mean, he says in the Bible that the son of man has no home. He says that, you know, uh, he who puts his hand to the plow, one hand to the plow and looks back has no place in the kingdom of God. He mm-hmm. says, you know, even the family, you know, of, uh, of his family are the ones that do the work of the God and also that uh, let the dead bury the dead, right? Dude, so you know, that hurts though because how many times have I been like, man, this is rough. You know how, you know what would take the edge off of this? Shot of meth. And it's like, talk about like no hands on the plow and just like craning my neck back, bro. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? The, the Israelites like, ah, oh, the food in Egypt was better. And it's yeah. like, ah, how often is that me? Yeah. Like, I don't want to have this conversation with my wife. I'm just going to go sit in the garage and look at porn. Like, do you ever notice you know? like, like the, the longer you walk with God, the more you realize you are the Israelites. Oh, like, totally. You start first reading it going, these guys are a bunch of idiots. And then like a couple years into it, you're like, it's me. Yeah. I'm the Israelites. <laughs> like I'm the one who's like, what about this? That quail wasn't even any good. Yeah. You know? Totally. Go man. To drinking, you know, or whatever. And, you know, and yeah. So, but, but that's it is, is understanding that, that here's the deal. If, if following Christ doesn't change you, then it's not working. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, if there's not radical life change, then it's not delivering on what it's promised. And yeah. the problem is we have to be willing to accept that life yeah. change. Now I'll even say, because you say radical life change. And I used to think like, uh, Oh, well like I'm not having this radical life change. Now, mind you, I came from, being a meth shooting prison gang member. And now I'm sitting in my suburban home and I'm like, why am I not experiencing radical life change? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it's like, it's, 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 it's that slow growing, like how you don't notice your kid, but one day you look and you're like, holy crap, you're like a foot taller. It's, it's like, yeah, you're losing weight. Yeah. You know, you like, you look at yourself in the mirror every day. So you don't notice, but then you see somebody you haven't seen in a while and they're like, oh man, you look like you've lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And like, oh. So when we say radical life change, like don't discount it because of the word radical. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's discipleship is a, is a, it's a long process in the same direction. Yeah. It, well, and this is one of the reasons why I love groups so much, especially like recovery groups, because like, I remember going through step studies and feeling like, man, I wasn't changing a lot. And then you look around the room and you go like, man, I remember where that guy was. And oh, yeah. I remember where that guy was. And then like, you're kind of forced to go like, well, am I, 
am I the only one that's not changing this? Yeah. And then you start thinking, and on, and it's even greater when you have curriculum that has you go back and look at stuff you wrote, and you read it, and you go like, this feels like a different person. Like, yeah. I don't even remember feeling this way, you know? Yeah, totally. I had that moment, so a couple months ago, when Clovis Hills made me a pastor, they made a Facebook post about it, and somebody from my first step study commented on it. It was like, I cannot believe this. I remember our first step study and I started thinking back to it and like I relapsed within the first four months and like I cried like I started crying telling these guys and like we all cried together about my relapse and I'm like I'm getting emotional right now like here we are four years later five years later and it's like gee whiz it is radical life change man well look at look at your baptism video oh that, that you gosh. linked the other day like, oh you dude. were high bro oh, i wasn't high i was sober but i was like 90 uh, pounds oh yeah oh, i wouldn't you? even recognize you. oh no dude i was were you really sober oh i was all right 100 percent. i was like three months sober no okay. it was september october oh no, no no i was like two months sober okay i was two months sober but i relapsed not long after that yeah but yeah, no, I was under because I got it was the end of August, beginning of September, and then I got had crazy eye meth eyes. So. Oh, for oh, sure, totally. for sure. Uh, I'm telling you, it was like just under two months. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's what I thought. I was like, oh man, he's getting high right there. He's no, no, there. not at all. Yeah. yeah so it's just it just see that change and to see, you yeah, know, dude. And I think I think that we miss it. You know that that because it's so incremental for us, it's the it's the frog in the frying pan, right? Yeah. We're changing by one degree, we don't really notice any difference. Um, which is which is why it's important too that we celebrate difference we notice in other people. Like when we're walking along, right? That's a good point. To go like, hey man, I remember, you know, because we've talked about this in recovery. I know you and I have talked about it that there's like. If you really look at the numbers for recovery, if you really, look, especially for like AA and stuff, the numbers suck. Yeah. On long-term sobriety and everything. Under ten percent. Right. It's really bad. Right. And so uh, that's why recovery ministry is so heartbreaking because you see people, you see good things start to happen, and then you don't see them anymore. And uh, but there's always it's like every six months or so, there's one person that comes through that just gets it and their life changes. And to be honest, that's what gets you through the next six months. Yeah, for real. It's like you're like, dude, this person, like this. You're like, wait, that guy started a podcast? Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, one of, one of my one of my leaders, like, um, you know, had a like DUI, high speed chase, all this other stuff. Life was in shambles. Was supposed to go to jail, and now he's like, you know, ba- makes all the t shirts for our church, and just yeah. like life's plugged back together. Has had just amazing growth in there, and like yeah. every time I see the guy, he's full of Lord. He's he's a guy that like goes out of his way to like hug everybody, yep. and just to, to have that joy, even when like hasn't all been roses. Like, yeah, we've had some terrible stuff. Happen. Yeah, well, and that's what I was gonna say too. Is like a lot of times, like the problem problem is like okay well like all of this stuff got great but like my marriage still kind of sucks and I get stuck thinking about that and I forget like dang like I should be dead I should be in prison I should be this that and the other but like I'm just over here like fussing because I didn't do the dishes and my wife's pissed off right and it's like ah we get so stuck in that little mentality yeah Yeah. and so that's why I think those people that have been like that you've been along in their journey just throw those reminders like dude I I remember that guy in particular when he first started coming to recovery meetings he wouldn't even say why he was there yeah like I knew why he was there because his wife and my wife were friends and Mm -hmm. and I managed to put it together based on my wife sharing anonymously about stuff that had happened in the women's group and I was like Oh, and I and I and now like this dude will straight up tell you like, hey, yep. you want to watch a video of my high speed chase? Like, it makes me cry. You'll see my kid throw up when I get arrested. Like, you know, like, just going through there. But he's like, and that's not who I am. Yeah, you know, that's who I was. And like, Jesus has done amazing stuff. Yeah, that. So you see that growth, and, and I'm sure that that dude like looks in the mirror and sees the same guy. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's why it's so important to be those encouragers. That's why. Yeah, dude. Is so I'm I'm not gonna lie. I have just this year uh, one of my good friends who's on staff here. His 18 year old son 
son was a senior in high school this last year and he was screwing around with drugs and they were like hey can you talk to him I was kind of hanging out with him right when COVID hit I was going to take him downtown with us to hand out Narcan just to kind of give him some perspective because he's a North Clovis kid you know went to Clovis North High School and and just was just all up in his own head well in January this kid did a bunch of drugs and tried to kill himself like he got in his car and he drove down Sunnyside and crashed into the wall at Walmart trying to kill him like 90 miles an hour there's no reason he shouldn't be dead crashed into the wall just broke his leg like complete miracle and like this summer he went to marine boot camp and like i got to because of COVID, i got to watch his graduation because they live streamed it and just tears man like tears like this kid made it dude he should have been dead back in january yeah and it's like look at the life change and it's just i don't know what i got on that tangent that's nothing to do with step seven but but no it's important to share that to share yeah, those, yeah. those changes to share and i have the date in my phone on january the day he tried to kill himself every year i'm gonna text him and be like hey bro i'm proud of you yeah i don't know if he knows that that's the day if he's gonna remember that or whatever but just that subtle reminder like hey i learned that from bob goff bob goff says whenever you're interacting with someone look at a low moment in their life and they come to you and you're like hey life sucks and like put that in your calendar next year text him and be like hey i'm thinking of you like I'm, I'm proud of where you're at he says don't tell them that like hey this was the day that you tried to kill yourself but just highlight that and he said he's got his calendar full of people he texts every day like hey i love you i don't that's know cool I love yeah that it idea. is cool that's, that's really good too for for people to know that um even if they are having a bad day or they have a relapse or they have some setbacks that that people care it, yeah. it makes a big difference Man, uh, someone, and this wasn't even in regards to a, a, a low point in, in life or whatever, but a, a friend that I haven't, uh, I, I, we play video games online together, haven't been on in a, in a week, and just shot me that message. Hey, hey, bud, how you doing? Doing okay? You know, and, and boy, like, that that makes a world of difference. Yeah. You, know, if, you know, I was having an okay week or whatever, and that just, like, it just that reminder that someone's thinking about you and yep. cares about yeah. you, it's, that's you huge. Matter. Yeah, totally. It says you matter. It's huge. Yeah. So anyway, step seven. Wrap up step seven for us. Yeah, so I think I think that's that's it. And it's kind of this linkage that Brandon brought up, kind of a link between six and eight and going through there. Uh, but I think it's important to just acknowledge that, like, Yes, there's. It's one thing to go like, yeah, I want God to remove all these de- defects, but it's another thing to be willing to to follow and to put put forth that cost. And that's the question that needs to get asked, I think, before we move into forgiveness and into amends. Is like, are you really willing to follow this? Because like, it will it will cost you something. You know, the mm-hmm. Bible says that he who holds on to his life tries to hold on to his life will lose it, but he who gives it willingly uh, will have yeah. life everlasting. And so, you know, there's going to be stuff you're going to have to give up. Right. So, have you heard that quote that? Um I forget who said it, but they said, like, what did being a Christian gain you? And they said, well, it didn't gain me anything, but what what I lost was anger and resentment and, you know, all of that bad stuff. And I think that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And and so uh, if you're somebody who's struggling with this, again, we'd love to talk to you, uh, talk to you about that struggle. That's our heart in doing this is uh, as followers of Christ is to uh, to tell you about our story. I mean, that's basically uh. when we talk about doing ministry and inviting other people into ministry and, and to lead other people in ministry, really all we're doing is saying, hey, come come walk with me as I walk with God. I'm just going to yeah. tell you about what God's doing in my life. Um, that's that's what it means to be a Christian leader. And so that's what we're trying to do. And so if you have questions about that, um, questions about Jesus, or if you're looking to get plugged in in any sort of recovery groups in your area, we'll do our best uh, to try to get you plugged in somewhere uh, at your home church or nearby. Um, it's a little bit different now. We're not sure who's running what where, but uh, a lot of places are getting back to meeting in person. Uh, so we'd love to help make those connections. Yeah, totally. So with that, I mean, uh, step seven is just asking God to remove your character defects that you found in your inventory and following through with it. Awesome. All right. 
So uh, thanks again for being here, uh, both of you. So, you know. Uh, producer John, it. who nonchalantly mentioned that we owe him money, so you're on that, Brandon. <laughs> I, I paid him the last three times. <laughs> Listen, bro, we'll do this on air right now. Yeah. <laughs> we can get into how you paid him if we want to do that. Listen, does that matter? <laughs> did you walk away with money? Okay, hang on. First of all, wait a minute. It sounded a lot different than I meant it. Yes, it did. No, no, no. Money. All right. Hey, guys, we're Redefined Recovery. This just got awkward. We love you. We're out. I'm on the road.